You're at the right place at the right time. You found the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears. It's super califragilistic, I hope you enjoy the show. If you're like me, you're going to laugh a lot. We invite you to pull up a chair. Be Relax and get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So, grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears. Here we go. Because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears. This is episode 304 of the Mousecapades podcast. We're bringing you hump day rumors and news. As always, I'm joined by Vicky. What's up, everybody? What is up? As always, check out our friends over at WaltExpress.com. You can become a Disney expert. Go ahead and slide over there, WaltExpress.com. You can sign up for deals, tips, and all things Disney. They have a couple of, uh, articles up there right now. Disney Chase Visa could earn you a trip to a Disney destination, and that is true. You hear Vicky and I talk about that all the time on how we use our Disney Visa Chase card. I think last episode, Vicky, you were saying you, you rack up like almost a thousand bucks, don't you? We usually get over a thousand, yeah. That is crazy. I don't well, even touch it's just that. because, well, but you got to realize if you can pay most of your bills on there and then I pay my bills off weekly and I'm yeah, diligent yeah. about that so that, that I don't ever have to pay. We have, yeah, we definitely have everything linked up to that. And also they have an article, 12 Disney secrets that will make your next Disney vacation magical. Go ahead and check them out. WaltExpress.com. So Nick, I was a little uh, surprised, I'll say, because this, although I told you that I didn't feel like there was a buildup, enough buildup about this new solo movie that we, that came out on Friday and um, it did not pan out to what they thought it was going to be. Did you see this? Yeah, so I'm, I'm scrolling to my article that I have up here right now. And uh, yeah, so the box office. You're talking about the box office right. numbers for Solo. Estimates were higher than expected and they really didn't achieve what they thought they were going to bring in the first weekend. Right. They really thought that they were going to bring in more than the last movie that came out. You're going to have to help me out because I'm scanning and I'm not. You, you know them way better than I do. So the estimates for the holiday weekend, uh, Lucasfilms was projecting that Star Wars were going to get between, uh, well, they're in the 130 to 150 million range. Right. But even after a second opening day, the new film brought in about an extra $110 million domestically for last weekend. So including Thursday night's previews, uh, totaling $14.1 million, which was the first day box office numbers. Uh, I think by after Memorial Day weekend or on Memorial Day weekend, they were set at $32 million, setting a Memorial Day record. So just that day specifically with $32 million. Uh, they totaled 148, but they were expecting it to be more than that. They thought that it was going to make more than one. Uh, International sales uh, right. were low as well. And did you get the stats on that between the 43 countries? The international stats? Yes, yeah. I did. That is 65 million, which is really low for them because typically, and I've said this in the past, they're higher than us typically when you give me the rundown every time. And so I always say, and you're like, well, there's a lot more. We're one continent, Vicky. So, so yeah. by now, uh, Disney, we're all estimating so far that the movie's brought in and grossed over $250 million, which is still lower than the estimates by Disney. Surprise. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I that's a lot of money, you know. Right. I guess when you're dealing when you're when you're Disney and you're putting out so many films, so many great films, and you know they're going to make X amount of dollars, and they don't hit it. I guess the mill the mill just sounds a lot to me because a million's a lot. But right. to Disney, it's it's another number, right? And not achieving it, you know, based on what you think you might with projections with other films. I guess it's just it's just oh, we didn't meet it. You know, we expected to, but we didn't. For me, I read it and I'm like, holy, geez, that's a lot of money. Well. 
Because Rogue One made $155 million. They just assumed that it was going to surpass that because that seems to be the trend with the Star Wars movies. Well, it has. It's, it's grossed about two fifty. So you're talking about like over the weekend, it got 100 something mil? It got $155 million in okay. three days. They expected it to surpass that because it is Star Wars and that's the trend is it usually builds with each new movie. Right, because Disney earlier, I think I misspoke, Disney was gauging between, they were estimating they're going to receive about 130 to $150 million this weekend and they didn't quite make it. Right. No, they did not. So, um, and right now they're saying that Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End from 2007, so that's a while ago when movie prices were cheaper than two, is going to be the winner for the Memorial Day weekend at $139.8 million. I don't know. It's so, a pretty cool film. I mean, if you haven't seen it, uh, I'm not going to give out any spoilers. I saw it on opening night. It's, it's pretty amazing. The young actor that plays Han Solo does an amazing job of acting uh, like Har- not. I shouldn't say like Harrison Ford, but the character Han. Spitting image of what you, you know, think Han should be at a young age to personifies them, excuse me, him uh, very well. In the movie, have you, you haven't seen it yet, have you, Vic? No, I have not. Okay, so we all know that Han Solo, he meets up with his buddy. We, so basically, it's the beginnings of how he meets up with Lando Calrissian, Chewbacca, and how he becomes Han, how he gets a, the Millennium Falcon, how he gets his weapon, and just basically how he gets his start as being basically a space pirate. Oh, wow. Or cowboy, I should say. Well, I asked Colin, and I think he was just too busy because there was lots of kids at the party the other day because I thought he'd give me the lowdown on the movie. He was like, it was cool, and then he went on. Yeah. Can we stick with the movie trend here? Talk about the new Christopher Robin film. Oh, yeah, my mom was talking about this yesterday because she wanted to have something to say about the news. The more, okay. Well, well thank you, Mrs. I thought it was so funny. Mrs. Black? No, Mrs. Clemens. Oh, Mrs. Clemens, sorry. <laughs> you can call her Kathy anyways. It's all uh, right. That, that's neat. So she's contributing as well. I know. She's like, I was reading on my entertainment news and she goes, did you see there's a new... Entertainment I just thought news. it was funny because, well, she does. She reads... I was reading in the TV guard. No, it, she has like this daily thing, that email that sends her entertainment stuff and so she wants to she be listen? a part. She does not listen oh so we can sit here and we can you can talk bad about her and she wouldn't even know well no i don't want to talk bad about her i just wish she could go because she she still doesn't get the hype because she's never been in the bubble so until it you really don't understand it until you get there right i mean we know that from stephanie when we did her trip and she came back and she's like when can we book my next trip i mean you just don't get it until you've been there so here's a film christopher robin when i first heard about this coming out i was kind of stoked about it then i saw the first trailer bits and pieces of i didn't see the whole thing i'm like "Eh, i don't know man i don't know if i'm gonna see this but i saw the second trailer and i really want to take colin to this movie it's a brand they so a brand new trailer just came out for the upcoming film christopher robin it was just released by walt disney's studios um is that coming out this summer i didn't see the release date august 3rd okay so yeah the august 3rd of, of this summer we'll be back in school in the trailer some of the plots film was revealed it seems like christopher robin is encouraged to return to the hundred acre woods by his old friend winnie the pooh and uh, it's just he that's how he, you know he meets up with his friends and his gang and i can't i can't do it justice let's go ahead and play the trailer if we could right now we'll go ahead and play it and then we will come back and talk about it so here we go oh, i do like a party come on babe what should happen if you forget about me silly old bear i won't ever forget about you Pooh. i promise not even when i'm a hundred we should be working this weekend, Robin. But I, I promised my wife and daughter I'd take them away this weekend. All hands on deck. You won't be coming to the cottage. Well, it can't be helped. Your life is happening now, right in front of you. What to do, what to do, what to do. What to do, indeed. Pooh? Christopher Robin. No. The tree I remember was in the countryside, not here in London. There's no opening. I suppose it's where it needs to be. That's a silly explanation. Why, thank you. Pooh, why are you here? Oh, yes, I need your help. I've lost all of my friends. Let's get to the bottom of this. Look up, Pooh. Here I come. It would appear that I am stuck. Have you just eaten honey? I have not just eaten honey. I wonder which way. I always get to where I'm going by walking away from where I have been. Do you? That's the way I do it. Hello, you. Christopher Robin, it's you playing again. <laughs> Let's go and see if we can find Piglet. I've already stayed far too long. Hello, everyone. It's Christopher Robin! So nice to see you all again. Why, thank you. Silly old bear. I was wrong about work. I was wrong about everything, and I've got to get back to my family. Farewell, Christopher Robin. 
I would have liked it to go on for a while longer. Perhaps it's our turn to save Christopher. You must be Madeline. Wait, you're the bearer of my father's drawings. Yes. Do you know where he is? I do. <laughs> Let's bounce! I just saw the most preposterous imposter. Look at him. If anyone wants to clap, now is the time to do it. Oh, brother. I don't remember being cheery. <laughs> People say nothing is impossible, but I do nothing every day. No, poo, that's not the. Oh, never mind. <laughs> So that was pretty entertaining. I, I don't know. I kind of feel it like it had a hook feel to it, you know, where uh, in Hook, um, Robin Williams gets two. I don't know if that's a Disney movie. I don't think it is. But anyway, you know, in Hook, uh, Robin Williams is too caught up in his job and not and paying attention to his family. And he's brought back to his time with uh, Captain Hook and Smee and all that so that he can realize how important family is. I kind of feel like they're doing that. Is that what you got yeah, out of it, too? definitely go on an adventure. What I like about the characters, too, with, like, Piglet and Tigger and Pooh and Eeyore, they all look like ratted up, tatted, like, yeah. not tatted, but just ratty stuffed animals. Well, they look, and, and I'm not insulting Colin. They look weathered. But they look, but look at Monkey. Look at Colin's oh, Monkey yeah. that's seven, right? Oh yeah, the monk, the monk itself. Yeah, well, well, I mean, he was there before he was born, but I mean, he carries it everywhere, and that's what those animals look like. They've been through the ringer, but they're there. They're still there for Christopher Robin. So yeah, yeah, oh, that's gonna be so. Exciting. A true story. That monkey's been on probably almost every ride at Disney World. It's crazy. Oh, I'm sure that monkey's been more places than a lot of yeah, people. Right? <laughs> no, it has. So the, the trailer just looked looks amazing and so i i I really can't wait for this film to come out i'm gonna take colin to go see it and it has um i like it has the kind of feel of uh saving mr banks that kind of thing you know because it's set in london i guess is why i'm thinking that okay the accents yeah yeah maybe so but uh yeah i definitely think that we should uh we should do make a family event and go yeah let's do it that would be let's do it all right so did you know there's a new safety video for splash mountain no. So um, if you haven't been there, they're gonna have. There's a video just beyond the cave hallway, and it says in the lovely air conditioning. Um, my favorite part during the summer. The new safety video pretty much tells you that um, how people, how many people go in a row, and to make sure that you pull down on your lap bar and to check out the video. Um, it tells you all the different things that you can and cannot do while you're riding along in the story and uh, it's for your safety and i was wondering because you remember i told you that someone um i don't know what it was a couple weeks ago when we were talking about things that weird and bizarre things where someone actually got off this ride oh sure and i was wondering an alligator attack on that ride too. right well i was wondering if for uh if because of that and some other things if some other things have tried to go on that they feel like they need to put this safety video out because usually when a safety video comes out it's because something else happened of course it does not say that in this article but um yeah so you will be watching a little safety video so you remember that there are three dips in it and it's a five story remember to do things you should be doing anyway <laughs> well i think also it gives a chance for people to back out if they don't realize that 950,000 gallons of water are on this ride and then it has three dips and it's a five star story fall so they want people to know that and um and that they're going to get sprayed there are people i guess that get in line maybe that don't know and i know that um we have some things in spanish and in um, around the parks now but I don't know that they're in every language and some people if they didn't like do like us and watch a YouTube video they might not know that that's what's going to happen sure thing even though the title of it's Splash Mountain you know anyway so I think Disney's just trying to cover themselves I really think so cover their mouse butts all right yes I'm going to take you to two different films so I'm, I'm going to stay with the movie theme here oh sorry no you're fine Disneyland uh, Park to host preview of Ant-Man and the Wasp. So very soon, guests at Disneyland Park for you all at Anaheim will be able to get an advanced look at the next Marvel action adventure set to hit theaters this summer. This is a movie I can't wait to take Colin to. Colin's showing an interest in this one, which is great, even though he complains every time I take him to a superhero movie. He's like, another superhero movie, Dad? Come on now. Beginning June 8th, so that's right around the corner, and continuing through July 15th, the Tomorrowland Theater will host a preview of Ant-Man and the Wasp. The film picks up just after Captain America Civil War and Scott Lang deals with his choices as a superhero and a father, but soon Ant-Man has to put on the suit again and fight alongside the Wasp. 
to uncover secrets from the past. Also, this is great. This is cool. Brad, can we get a drum roll, please? Yeah. Here's a film that I'm going to look forward to, and I know Colin will as well. There's going to be a Boba Fett standalone Star Wars film. And I know you have no idea who I'm talking about. No, I do You're not. You're looking at me like I'm nuts. <laughs> Boba Fett was the bounty hunter that froze Han Solo in Carbonite and took him to Jabba's palace. Okay. This is a this is a huge deal that Boba Fett's going to get his own movie. Now we're going to be able to see all the other bounty hunters, I would hope, in the movies. So, so you know, kids, when we're kids, it's all about playing cops and robbers, cowboys right. and Indians, right? When I was a kid at, through Southern Division, that's just right. what we did. Yeah. Star Wars this is the same concept. Han Solo, cowboy, you have the bounty hunters chasing after him throughout the galaxy, so it's like cops and robbers. And as a child... I loved seeing that short, short clip of all the bounty hunters in the Death Star, or not the Death Star at that time. I think he was in, there in the starter story with, with Darth Vader. And Darth Vader tasked Boba Fett, or hired him out, contracted him to go get uh, Han Solo. Okay. So it was really cool. Hopefully I'm speaking true to that so right Star now. So Star Wars Just is like a space version me. of the Godfather? No, not really the Godfather. Because uh, um, you said he hired out somebody to get him like oh, a con- hitman. Oh, a contractor. You know, like, well, yeah, yeah. To arrest him, like bounty hunters today. You okay. know, like bounty hunters still go out and pick up the bad guys. Uh, not that Han Solo is a bad guy. He's just a cowboy space pirate. That's, right. that's what he is. Uh, and we all love him. So the Hollywood Reporter has just learned that James Mangold, Logan from Logan Walk the Line, will write and direct a new movie focusing on the bounty hunter Boba Fett. As with Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and Solo, a Star Wars story, this will be a standalone movie, the third in its series. So, But I kind of think, though, even though it says Han Solo is a standalone movie, I think this is going to take Link place yeah right after that so after the, su- the success of rogue one lucasfilm began developing other movies that would be spun off from the main star wars line just like they're doing with the avenger series so they have the avengers but they have spin-offs of iron man ant-man you know the wasp right. captain america all of them uh star wars line includes stories centered on han solo boba fett and obi-wan kenobi i cannot wait um there is no information on the cast storyline or potential release date for this movie yet but I will be keeping track of this one and updating you, Vicky. I know you can't wait. And maybe I we cannot should, we wait. should get an Hefe in here to talk about this stuff. That's too. right. So. Well, just because he understands all the the uh, history of it, and I am so lost. Yeah, and I probably already misspoke on the like uh, being you know Boba Fett being hired out by Darth Vader. Um, I'm, I'm, I just know Darth Vader brought all the bounty hunters in and said, "Hey, you know, I want this guy," you know, and. And they handed him over to Boba Fett. I mean, not Boba Fett. Uh, See, he's Jabba like the, the Godfather of Star Wars. Uh, you talking about Darth, Darth Vader? Vader? The Godfather? I, I guess so. I, I don't know. know. That's he just you know Godfather is kind of a dark he's creature. The Godfather of the gar- of the galaxy. And Darth Vader's the kind of a dark you know father character. It's Darth now, not dark. I know. Oh, okay. I said he's a dark character. All right. Anyway, so if you want to get spooky, the Disney Cruise Line now has a Halloween uh, traveling party. You can go on your cruise line and go for a Halloween party. So it says, uh, make sure to look because there are some Halloween parties on the high seas. Um, when you go to this, wow, this article spelled they call Mickey's it, name wrong. They should call it the, the ghost ship. How do they spell Mickey's name? Am Without I the C? E. Oh. Whoever wrote this article, it's totally fine. But on the part, or on the boat, you will get a masquerade party. They'll have lots of Halloween activities. Um, they will have screenings of Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, of course. And Jack and Sally will be on board. There's going to have they're going to have haunted stories on the sea, and um, they want the adults to realize that Halloween is not just for the kids, and they want to have an adult party where the kids can go to the children's area and have their own party. So there are several dates available in 2018 still. Um, I don't know how many uh, spots are still left, but they're, uh, they listed Disney Magic has a date, and so does Disney Wonder, Dream, Fantasy. Um, they actually have a couple per, per ship. So if you are interested in that, you just go to uh, the Disney website and go to the cruise line, and I'm sure that they, they can hook you up with a spectacular 
Cruise. They should play some of the old silly symphony cartoons too, like the skeleton dance, the and they Pharaoh's might. tomb. This is just a really brief article. That would be so. really neat because it's in black and white already, and it would just add to the whole. They should play Hocus Pocus. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. And have the Sanderson sisters. Yes. See, we should work for Disney. Downtown Disney business to close earlier than expected. I am so sorry, Lee and Ethan and all of our friends out in Disneyland. Back in March, the Disneyland Resort notified business on the west end of downtown Disney that the needed to close by June 30th, 2018 to allow construction to begin on a new luxury hotel. It appears, however, that most of the businesses will be closing well ahead of that deadline. Based on available reservations and conservations with longtime servers, the last day of business for the ESPN zone will be June 2nd, just right around right. the corner. That's this weekend. So, um, yeah, you're right. It is this weekend. Dave, my and son's I, graduation Dave and I had dinner there liked the place. It was nice. The calendar and hours posted on the official Disneyland website show that the Western Starbucks location, Earl of Sandwich, Rainforest Cafe, and Alamo Rent-A-Car will close on June 17th. A closing date for the AMC 12 theaters has yet to be announced. AMC will open a theater next year in Anaheim Garden Walk, but none of the other businesses have announced any plans to reopen or relocate. Construction is set to begin in July on the new Disneyland uh, Resort Luxury Hotel with a 20 21 opening date as planned. So did you know that new Planet Hollywood quick service extension or expansion is underway? They had reported that they were going to do this. Yeah, so we talked about this some months back. Yeah, well, um, it appears that it's happening. They have some areas blocked off at the Planet Hollywood, you know, that billion dollar event that they did because we were talking about when we reported on it when it was being uh, built and you have eaten there. Obviously, you talked about your yummy ribs from there. But they have a huge menu that they're going to be uh, breaking out for their quick service. It's probably one of the largest uh, quick service (laughs) I've ever seen. I'm not going to read through, but I'm serious. There's probably about 30 things that you could. That's pretty big. This is awesome. Just opening up more options for individuals that are on specific dining plans, giving them a little taste of, and it sounds like from from what you're saying, a lot of taste of some of these sit down restaurants that require a regular Disney dining credit. Right. Well, I mean, and they have a wide variety. So you got your vegetarian, you got your vegan, you got everybody's taken care of on this thing just based on what I've been looking at. I mean, they have barbecue like what you have. Um, then they have like variety platters like you get at Applebee's. Um, I'm not saying they're like Applebee's per se, but and they have huge na- nachos grande. And so there's just such a w- wide variety. But I was looking at this list. I'm like, there's no way I have time to go through and read all these. But some that stuck out to me was a bacon mac and cheeseburger. I'm sorry. Sounds delicious. No, yeah. you don't think no, so? No, it does. I think so. Yeah. Anything with bacon on it. So if you're interested in seeing what the quick service has to offer, all you could do is Google uh, quick service Planet Hollywood and this humongous menu, which is pretty amazing, comes up. And um, it's kind of like the Wolfgang Puck Express. You get the same kind of food, but you don't have to go in there and sit down to eat it. You can just walk around. Now, are they smaller portions, or is it the same portion? As it does not say that. It does not say that. But they also are going to offer a drink menu and a kid's menu, but it's not out yet. Which is smaller portions, if, if it is. It, it probably be still larger than a typical normal portion. I mean, the prices reflect that it could still be. This uh, is great. I'm glad Disney's doing this. Just like Via Napoli over in Epcot, if you can't get a reservation for the sit down, you can at least get a taste of that yummy brick oven pizza through the window and do a quick service meal there if you uh, were wondering what that tastes like, which we both know is delicious. So I'm going to take you all the way back to Disneyland and permits indicate that the Carousel Inn and suites across from Disneyland will soon be demolished in April of 2015. 15, the Walt Disney Company purchased the Carousel Inn and Suites on 1530 South Harbor Boulevard in Anaheim. The 131-room hotel bought by Disney for $32 million. That's it, Vicky. Under the Limited Liability Corporation, Carousel Holdings, at the time, Disneyland spokeswoman Susie Brown said that Disneyland had no long-term plans for the property, but many assumed that the hotel would eventually be demolished. How could you not have any long-term plans if you if you didn't, you know, you bought you buy property, Vic. I mean, this is That's, pennies to them, $32 yes, million. Yes, I was going to say. And it's right across from Disneyland, and you don't have any long-term it's plans. It's because... 
That's that, funny. Um, I'm going to throw up the BS the, swag on that one. They got the bargain 32 million price, right. and so they weren't thinking ahead. They just thought, oh, chump change. Let's just buy this building. And if I owned, if I sold it, if I owned that hotel and I and I sold it to Disneyland, I'd be making sure my family, my family's family, all had life annual passes to all the parks worldwide. Uh, the hotel closed in October of 2016, and at the time, it was believed that the land would be used as part of the Eastern Gateway expansion. The expansion project would use the Carousel Inn and Suites as a bridge to a new transportation hub and parking structure. Since then, I think I remember them talking about this, Vic, back then. Since then, Disney set aside these plans and instead moved forward with the plans for a new parking structure next to the existing Mickey and Friends parking garage. Recently, on May 17th, permits were issued by the city of Anaheim to demolish the hotel. The long and thin property sits across Harbor Boulevard from Disneyland Resort's entrance and bus loop, so it is clear why this is a prime piece of real estate, but now that it won't be used for the Eastern Gateway expansion project, the purpose for Disney now seems to kind of be a little unclear. Um, it seems clear to me they parking. Oh, yeah. I mean, parking there garage. you go. I mean, real estate over there is a few far in between. Yeah, because there's so many people. I tell you what. Uh, over the weekend, I watched it twice. I watched the 1955 uh, opening dedication ceremony for Disneyland. I know. I was bored, okay? <laughs> I'm a dork. I mean, you can find it on YouTube. Just right. you know, type it in. And like everyone was there. I mean, Ronnie Reagan was one of the hosts talking about it. He was there. He was still an actor. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr., uh, Sinatra. I mean, all these folks were, were all there at right. the time. And, of course, you have Walt's iconic speech. You know, Disney, welcome to this happy place. No, welcome. But I caught a glimpse of the surrounding area of Orange County. And all that was orange groves, right? Like fields. Right. My father was telling me, because that's where my family's from, right there. Right. And my, my family owned property uh, with the orange fields right there in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. And my dad, he had come over and it happened to be on. He's like, oh, my gosh. He's like, that. I remember when that was all orange fields. Like, my dad was talking about it. He's like, that's what it looks like. Right. And uh, you look at the place now in Anaheim, and you can't see a piece of green grass anywhere unless it's a palm tree on the side of the corner of a sidewalk. I right. I mean, it's insane. It's a concrete jungle now. Compared, I just, I was in awe. Compared right. to looking back then and looking at it now. Even the park, even the park was extremely bare. I mean, you had... Sleeping Beauty's castle, and that was it. I mean, well, I mean, he had all the other lands and stuff like that, but it was so flat, so flat. Right. Well, you have to go to Napa to see, you know, the winery gets green grass. Um. So the baby is the or find out if your baby's the fastest Jack Jack's diaper dash person. Did you hear about this? I have not. So when you're there, you totally need to check this out. You need to pop up or something while you guys are there this summer because you can go over to the Rocket Tower Plaza stage, which is behind the People Mover and like across from Carousel of Progress. And they're going to have a baby crawling competition that is to awesome. see who can be the fastest baby. You have to register by 1030 in the morning. Could you imagine all the cool diapers, like with the numbers on the butt right. thing and the flames going exactly. down the sides? So the babies race to see who's the fastest uh, at the Jack Jack's diaper rash and then they are yeah, diaper dash, excuse me, and diaper rash. That's nasty. And then they would get they get a little Well, they go award. hand in hand, right? Diapers and diaper rashes. This is true. Babies, yeah. Apparently, this was started on the Disney Cruise Line years ago. So if you've been on a Disney cruise, you've probably seen it before. But they decided with the new Incredibles 2 movie coming out that they should bring it to Disney World. Don't you find that funny? I think Let's it's fun. Babies race on a boat. Uh, I think it's <laughs> just. Don't you think it's just to give something Hopefully else to it's do? Closed. <laughs> Well, I'm sure it is. It just, I just find it funny. No, it is. Well, they're going to have to be careful on that stage is pretty high, too. I mean, make sure they Dude, have that people. That is awesome. Yeah. So if you're there and you think about it, you should definitely go to Tomorrowland and check that out. And if anybody who's listening is there, we'd love to hear back if you saw it because that's fun. I mean, I wish maybe there's some video footage. I need to check that out. But I was just reading this last night and I was like, that's pretty cool. Vicki, you may have heard of, heard of this, and the listeners, you may have as well, but President of Business Operations Bruce Rosenblum exit Disney's ABC TV group. As part of the Walt Disney Company's corporate, or corporate restructuring, certain roles and responsibilities have been reorganized throughout new divisions. It appears that one casualty of these uh, redefined positions is Bruce Rosenblum, president of business operations for Disney ABC Television Group since 2006. So Vicky, Vicky, he's been there for quite a while. Rosenblum will depart the company at the end of May. Back in March, Disney announced a strategic reorganization 
of the company, with one of the largest changes coming in the form of a direct-to-consumer and international divisions, which will be led by former Disney Chief Strategy, Strategy Officer Kevin Mayer. In the course of developing that division, many of Rosenblum's responsibilities have been transferred to Mayer's department. Global ad sales and programming distribution for Disney media properties, domestic di- distribution, and digital and technology operations for the ABC television group have all moved over to direct-to-consumer international, which will be right in that Myers department right there, by the way, Vicky. I'm not going to bore you with the rest of uh, the details. It looks like, you know, he wrote a little note to his people saying that, you know, because of the reorganization, he's going to be leaving the company. I, I did read the article. Disney did try to work with him, though. It wasn't like, hey, you know, you're out of a job. Right. You're gone. We're cutting ties with you. You know, he's been a loyal employee since 2006. I mean, I would have to say anything over 10 years with Disney, you're blessed because people move and leave and it's like a revolving door. Yeah, so really if you've is. been there for 10 or more years, you're a pretty loyal guy or you've you found a way to move into different departments or you're really good at your job. Disney tried finding him and this is probably it. He's probably just really good at his job. Disney tried finding him another position and he just wasn't, you know satisfied. I don't know if he wasn't satisfied. I don't want to speak for the man, but uh, he just decided to part ways, you know, after being offered uh, various positions. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and go. I think it's my time. And he wrote a nice little memo to all of his employees. And uh, anyway, um, you know, Disney's ever-changing all the time. And uh, yeah, you know, we just said it. Disney is a revolving door, especially in those executive positions like that. That would be hard to leave a job that you were so invested in. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I can only... S- say, you know, when you're at that level, I mean, you've reached, not that he reached like the top or the pinnacle, but maybe for him he did, you know, and like once you reach that, uh, sometimes uh, you think of, you know, what else is there? You know, let's let's go on to, to go to, to bigger things and maybe, you know, maybe we'll see him in some other company. That will be interesting to see because I can't imagine, Having and I that- know that's just my mindset, but Going bigger than Disney. Where well, we, having where? that on. Well, you can't. I mean, having that on your resume. I mean, have Disney on your resume. Oh no, that'd Maybe. be awesome. Right. But what's the next step? Is it would feel like a step down to me because I mean, we hope that someday we can work for Disney. That's like our dream, like the top of the mountain for us, where we are basically right now. For us, but for him, he's true. He's got other places Very to go true. as well. I mean, he was the president of business and operations for Disney ABC Television. So maybe he moves on to another television group and has a higher role. Maybe so. So did you know there was a big announcement for the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? Yes, I did. And I have a video I'd like to share with you guys, if that's okay. We can wait until you're done with the article. Go ahead and go with the article and we'll we'll, uh, insert that video there. Okay, so... um There was a panel discussion and Margaret Carrison shared for the first time that the name of the village at the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is going to be called the Black Spire Outpost. Um, That's the largest settlement on the planet of Batu. Black Spire Outpost is an infamous stop for traders, adventurers, and smugglers traveling around the Outer Rim and wild space. And off the beaten path, this outpost has become a haven for the galaxy's most colorful and notorious characters, widely known for the petrified remains of the once-towering ancient trees. The spires now stand guard across the river valley and plains and have long captured the imagination of travelers to this planet. So the first settlers, these petrified spires became more than just landmarks. They became the heart of the outpost itself. We also learned that the two full-size at-ats that are coming to Star Wars are that are coming to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. They weren't sure. Um, it's not officially confirmed by Disney previously, but now they're saying that they are going to be there and they're going to be constructed um, or they've been constructed already. Another big announcement that they have is they're going to be able to, or people are going to be able to adopt the cat, the loth cat. Do you know about this? No, I don't. Okay, so it'll be available for the guests that visit Batu. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be like the banshee for Pandora. Sure, a loth cat. Yes, a loth cat, and I'm going to explain what that is. Thank you, because I I've watched every single di- or uh, Star Wars film that's out there, and I have read a few books. I don't think I've ever heard of a loth cat. Okay, well here's the thing. I think is funny because is they this got something created by Disney. I, I'm gonna. I don't know. It says they looked at the Wikipedia. Your favorite? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Wikipedia. Okay, not Wikipedia. No, no, I know. Okay. No, it's, it's, it's well known. Okay, Wikipedia. It says that a Lothcat is a feline species native to the planet of Lothal and is related to the Tuca species. They are known to be apprehensive and hostile against strangers, but can warm up to them if their trust is gained. And can make Disney a lot of money. Yes. So kids are going to be able to adopt this the way that I'm reading this. It's, t- it's to me, you're not building it like Build-A-Bear, but you get to pick it out and you get to name it. And so tame it and give Disney more money. Right. So um, those were two big announcements about what was going to be going to happening. And in soon this we'll have Banshee and Lothcat fight fighting each other. Going yes. on and gambling. That's exactly right. In the, in the planet, but two. 
there you go. Dude, I'm very proud of you for pronouncing that correctly. I've been working on it. Have you? Yes, I have. That, good for you. Did you have to call someone? No, I did not. That's awesome. Good for you. Let's play that video. Here's what Imagineer Scott Trowbridge had to say about Galaxy's Edge. My name is Scott Trowbridge, and I'm a portfolio creative executive at Walt Disney Imagineering, and we are here to unveil to the public for the very first time the model of our immersive Star Wars lands uh, that we're bringing to both Disneyland and to Walt Disney World. So we're excited about adding more Star Wars to our parks and of course Star Wars has been a part of Disney parks for 30 years now with the original Star Tours uh, here at Disneyland that opened in 1987. So we have not made any announcements about any of those attractions but we're just excited to bring uh, more Star Wars to the parks. So both of these projects are the single largest land expansions that we've ever done at either site, either in Disneyland or in Walt Disney World. So, and it, you know, if you're going to do a Star Wars land, you know it has to be epic and it has to be big. So one of the things that we knew from the very beginning was we're going to, these lands will have a big footprint and, 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 uh, that's going to be a challenge, uh, especially at Disneyland, where uh, you know that park has such a rich history. Um, it really required us to rethink how we were actually going to site this. That actually at Disneyland in Anaheim, that required us to actually move the river and move the railroad to reorient this stuff so that the whole park um, worked great as a as a whole experience. So both of the Star Wars immersive lands, both at Disneyland and at Walt Disney World, are pretty much the same. They the 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 way they interface with the rest of the park is a little different, but for the most part, both of those uh, both of those lands will be very very similar. So those who are familiar with some of the work that Imagineering has been uh, doing over the past number of years, including some of the research and development work we've been doing, uh, might be aware that we've been thinking about how do we actually bring this more participatory form of experience to life. Um, and we've done some play tests in the past, and we've done some experiments in the past, uh, prototypes. Um, we, you know, and one probably wouldn't be too surprised to find out that we've taken a lot of that thinking uh, and put it into this project. So we're going to actually open this project with two big anchor attraction experiences. The first puts you behind the controls of the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. It's one of the fastest ships in the galaxy, um, and this time you're going to be able to actually control it. Um, so if you fly left, the ship goes left. You fly to the right and smash into that building, that's, you know, that is completely your choice. Although I will tell you, if you bring back the ship all banged up, the boss man might not be too happy, and this is a land where those kinds of choices have consequences. Um, and our other uh, big anchor attraction experience that we're opening with puts you right in the middle of an epic battle between the First Order and the Resistance. It's everything you expect out of a Star Wars experience. The, the scale, the action, um, the humor even, um, that makes Star Wars Star Wars all kind of in one big epic attraction experience. I know that in the in the display here we are showcasing a troop transport from the First Order, um, and that is a vehicle that is often used uh, by the First Order to shuttle um, stormtroopers and officers and other people around those massive Star Destroyers. So how that might come into play inside this project, we'll have to wait and see. So because we're asking you, or because we're inviting you to be able to live your own Star Wars adventure, that means we're giving you the opportunities to make choices, and those choices matter, and they have consequences. So I kind of gave the example about how you're actually flying the Millennium Falcon. So if you um, do a great job at flying the Falcon, you might find a few extra galactic credits coming your way. But if you bang the ship up and bring it back all damaged... Boss man might not be too happy with that, and they're, you know, when you roll across the street to the local cantina, you might hear from someone in the cantina that maybe there's even a bounty on your head because you owe more money than you uh, than you have. So it is a it is a place for for those who want to participate, where there's an invitation in various ways to kind of like be a deeper part of the story. So on this planet, we have this remote trading outpost, right? And this is a great place to get. Uh, gear and food and beverages and other concoctions from all over the galaxy. So everything that you find inside the, our land will be completely authentic, you know, and completely part of the story. So every detail that we that we put in front of guests should help us tell that story. So the cast members, the the, the merchandise, everything helps to reinforce the core Star Wars story and to immerse you and connect you deeper with it. 
So we're not talking too much about the specifics of when we are in the timeline yet, but I did notice as well there's a resistance uh, outpost over there, kind of outside the village, and I also did notice the recent arrival of that First Order TIE fighter. So it does kind of give us a little bit of a hint about when inside the timeline we might find ourselves. One of the things we wanted to make sure we did was create a place that allowed our guests to discover and participate in their own Star Wars story. So that meant not just recreating a fan-favorite place like a, a Tatooine or a Hoth or something. Those are great places, and we know the stories that happen there. But we also know that we're not in those stories. So that led us to this idea of, of building this planet, um, a place that is well-known to folks inside the Star Wars universe, although we may be discovering it for the first time. But it's a place that provides lots of opportunities for exploration, lots of opportunities for us to discover uh, and start to participate in our own Star Wars adventure. It is a very vibrant trading port, so you can expect to find lots of Star Wars characters here. Some we may be very familiar with, and some we may be meeting for the very first time. And whether those characters are humans or alien creatures or droids, everything that you could, would expect to have in a, in, a, in a vibrant Star Wars outpost, we should be able to find in this land. It is a living land, so the, the characters that you find here, the vehicles, the, the, the buildings, everything is part of the story, and we are inviting our guests to engage with those things. So yeah, is it interactive? Yes. Is it participatory? Yes. If you want it to be, right? I mean, you can also, you can also just kick back and relax in this land, but for those who want to participate, there's, a, there's a, an invitation to do so. You know, I, I think for almost 40 years, uh, people have dreamt about stepping into this galaxy, right, and being a part of the Star Wars universe. So for me, what I'm most excited about is giving um, our audience the, the opportunity to do that for the first time and to really feel what it's like to be a part of this fan favorite uh, galaxy of stories and characters and places. Obviously, this is the first step of starting to unveil some of the details of this project, and we're going to be um, unveiling more soon, and we'll continue to provide more details and to invite our guests to start to understand the stories and meet some of these characters and start to get the backstory of this place you know, between now and the time we open in 2019. Very cool. Cannot wait for Galaxy's Edge to come out. I definitely will be visiting. I want to take you back to Disneyland, and I'm talking about one of my favorite snacks to munch on while I'm at the parks, and that is a churro. Disneyland adds the new pineapple churro. Ah, oh, you took I, it! I love pineapple and I love churros. Definitely going to go out there and try this one. So they've added another, you know, new fun flavor. Churros uh, are pineapple churros. It's inspired by the legendary Dole Whip. So our friend uh, Lee out in Cali is going to be there for grad night. Maybe he could uh, taste test one for us and let us know how. I'm going to have Ethan take a picture of it and send it to us, man. Yeah, that'd be good. That would be good. So while you're on food, you know, that's one of my. Oh, here we go. <laughs> So they have a new cookies and cream funnel cake at oh, Disney I, Hollywood Studios. Now, Vicky, I got to stop you. I condensed my story on food in like 10 seconds. Okay, that's fine. I'm just giving you a hard time. It's just a regular funnel cake, and it's got vanilla ice cream, drizzled with chocolate syrup, and topped with two Oreo cookie sprinkles. They look like Mickey ears. Oh, they oh, put two cool. ears on it. Yeah. So anyway, go check it out while you're there. Have a cookies and cream. I know Callan will do that for me. I'll tell Callan to have me a, a cookies and cream funnel cake while you're at Hollywood Studios. So Disney Fantasy changes uh, the itinerary due to the subtropical storm Alberto. We've all been watching this. On, at least I have been. I say all, but I mean, I've been tracking this storm. Have you been tracking it, Vixter? Well, I gotta tell you, I feel really stupid because Saturday night was the first I had heard of it. I don't know how long it's been going on up until that point. And uh, I came into the bedroom and I said to Brad, did you know there's a tropical storm in Florida? And he's like, oh yeah. Like he was totally well, on. Get this. This storm is nuts. It's still gonna have enough energy to be spinning up in St. Louis by Wednesday, this Wednesday. Yeah, that's what he said. We're uh, gonna well, get... Well, today it's, it's, oh, yeah. It's, so today, it's here. <laughs> it's not here yet. It's, it's not here yet because we're recording beforehand, but it will be here. No, no, no. I mean, but it's supposed to be thing, like in the evening. But it has enough energy. Did you see the rotation on this yes. thing? It is still rotating. It has not stopped rotating. Usually by the time it hits the Gulf and Mississippi, you know, it gains a lot of energy, hits right. mainland, kind of dissolves through Tennessee, and you see it scatter. 
and then you see the jet stream just Alberto takes, is mad. takes it away. This sucker, Alberto, this thing spins, cuts right through the jet stream, doesn't even, and it's just going still, and it's right. circling St. Louis. It is insane. Well, I saw that they had to repath one of the Disney cruise ships. Well, that's what I'm talking about here. Oh, sorry. The Disney, I'm sorry. It's all good. It's like me and you. I don't listen to you, and this time you weren't listening to <laughs> I me. I was listening to you. I didn't hear you see cruise you know, ships. Were you though. talking? Because I'm just not listening. Yeah, I know. All right. It's anyhow. okay. It's all good. I would go through the itinerary, but, you know, who cares? Anyway, they just, they basically swapped the day from uh, Falmouth and uh, I think I hope hopefully I, I said that right and Cozumel but that's all I got on Alberto that's a mean sucker I tell you that man still circling Don't when make St. Louis that's insane I wonder if he's related to Pujols you think be, he's holding up some anger and it, Pujols no Pujols isn't angry Pujols is, is happy no he got paid he's back in Anaheim you know <laughs> I don't know. Hitting them home runs. He's just. I was trying to make a joke because his name's Albert. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. It was a bad joke. So Stitch is back at the World of Disney. Oh, great. At Disney Springs. Is he spitting on everyone still? Here's the problem. Oh, well, we can't spit on anyone anymore? I don't know that. He's not spitting right now. And guests are very, very upset because that was like their favorite part. Yeah, it's like the spitting camel in the Magic Kingdom there at the flying magic carpet ride. You're probably right, though. I wonder. Um, that's the thing that they're speculating in we this article. We can't spit on anyone anymore. We can't make them wet. Well, that was the most fun about that Stitch character being there. So right now, it's still under construction. No, I'm, I'm sure there's something wrong with a pump or something. They're speculating that because the com- the construction is not complete, that it will be spitting eventually. But currently, it is not oh. spitting. And the guests... Well, there you go. I told you. The guests are questioning, but cast members have no answers for them. So... Well, they wouldn't know. Maybe not. Right, right. Let's see here. Do I have anything else? Uh, it is in downtown. We talked about that. Permits. Business of operations. Oh, Target. We didn't talk about Target. No, but I went online last night to look at this. But you want to. Why don't you go ahead and hit us up, man? No, it's totally fine. You probably you have the article up. Not going to argue over it. Oh, what, is your computer too slow or something? No, I didn't print the article. I can tell you from uh, Disney stuff is everywhere in Target. They have all this camping uh, stuff. 350 new Mickey Mouse inspired items to be right. exact. They have Mickey Mouse lights. They have lawn chairs. Swimwear. Yes, tons they of stuff. Um, I saw that article and I immediately went to Target.com because I want to get those little lawn chairs for my reading area because they'll match my Disney room. Oh, yeah. So uh, I was showing them to Kaylee. She's like, how much? I'm like, only $10. So, yeah, if you are near a Target, I suggest you, and you are a Disney fan like we are, because if you're listening to us, you probably are, go check it out. I mean, there is a lot of Disney stuff. I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling for hours last night after I saw this article. I think it's funny how this article says, this collaboration brings together two true originals and Mickey Mouse and Target. That's hilarious. Target's an original. (laughs) That's funny. I think after Walmart, everything kind of spun off of that, right? Yeah, that's Right. right. I just found that I found that hilarious. But yeah, 350 new items, a big, huge contract with Target. That's great. That's good for anyone. I'm going to bring us back to Disneyland. Okay. Got a lot of Disneyland stuff here. No, you're good. I've already notified a few of my clients about this. And this was something that uh, came was announced over a week ago. And, and so we're kind of late to the game here on the podcast, letting you guys know. And it may have been just days after or maybe a day after we reported the news last week. But the MaxPass system, which if you don't know, Vicky and listeners, it's kind of different than the FastPass system yeah. at Disney World. Disney World, you can set those FastPasses 60 days in advance if you're staying at a resort, 30 days if you're not. At Disneyland, though, however, it's kind of different. You set it the day of, basically, Uh through your phone and you sign up for $10 a day per person right. and it includes photo pass as well plus fast passes for that park but now uh, Disneyland has just introduced so after introducing uh, Disney Max Pass last year which is a paid service like I just said that allows guests to make fast pass reservations from their smartphone and gives them free photo pass downloads well, I mean you're paying for that it's the $10 right. right so for $10 a person per day now Disneyland is making it easier to add Max Pass by allowing it to be included into your Disneyland resort vacation package so I notified a couple of our clients Vicky and I said hey look you know you got a Disney vacation uh, coming up to Disneyland here in a couple months let's go ahead and add this fast pass if you want to I know we talked about it before you just couldn't do it until you got there but and so they are i was talking to him last night like yeah let's go ahead and uh, let's add that to the vacation package so book a disneyland resort vacation package at either of uh the three hotels of the disneyland resort or one of the many good neighbor hotels so it also includes the good neighbor hotels and the disney max pass uh to your reservation still uh the introductory price is still ten dollars per person per per day so they're, they're saying the introductory price so we'll see if this goes up so guests can choose two or up to a five-day disneyland resort 
hopper or a one park per day ticket to add to their vacation package. However, all guests on the reservation must choose the same Disneyland Resort ticket type and all guests must choose whether or not to add the Disney Max Pass. I don't, I still don't understand, you know, why don't they just keep it under one system, right? I mean, it makes sense. We've been saying this forever, right. Mickey, that, and I'm not saying they have to, Disneyland has to convert to Disney World or, or, or Disney World has to convert to the same system that Disneyland has, but I will say, and this is just fact, Disneyland seems to be behind the game in a lot of the upgrades that Disney World seems to get right. year after year, and, but convenient upgrades, right? That make things Easier. easy and convenient and just systematic. When Disneyland kind of introduce, introduces new things, it seems like it's, it's the same concept concept is the same idea as Disney World. Right. But it, it's not as simplistic. It seems like it, it's a little harder. You struggle a little bit. I mean, I the the Disney Max Pass system, I think that's a great idea. But encompass it into just, I know it is one package with photo pass and fast passes, 10 bucks per day. Why is it not included? Like, I don't get it. Like, people aren't paying for that over at Disney World. They're just paying for the photo pass system. It, it, make it one, one program, one system to fall under for both parks. So are the tickets that much cheaper there? I, I honestly don't haven't had to book so a trip tickets for are, Disneyland the tickets yet. Are, the tickets are cheaper. Um, I, and I know, like, so I just came. Remember, I came across my uh, my three day park hopper pass. Right, right. For one, this was okay. So this was back in 2012. Right, right. These are 2012 prices. It was ninety six dollars for a three day park hopper pass. Right? Oh, that's and, right. Okay, super I remember cheap. This now. Uh, the, the five day right now at Disney World was at two hundred and twenty, I believe, for mm-hmm. a five day park hopper. Well, military suit. So these are all military prices. Right. These are not guest prices. These Correct. are government rates. But, uh, you know, I've been saying it, and we, we both have. Just put it under one common standard system, you know? I just to think where it makes sense. I just don't, and I don't understand why there's two different apps, too, for Disneyland and Disney World. Make it one app. Make it the Disney app. And then once you get into the app, you select if you're at Disney World or you're right. at Disneyland. I, I, I don't understand why they have two separate apps. It well, seems I know. like you can consolidate a lot of the stuff to make the guest lives easier. Lee had said something. He sent something into us saying that um, Disney World is so much bigger that they don't have as much to offer at Disneyland and California Adventure as we get in Disney World, and maybe that was part of it. But I mean, even in um, when you have restaurants and they're within, you know, if you have a McDonald's here and a McDonald's there, they can do things differently. So maybe because well, it's are, run yeah, by yeah, but McDonald's is off. Well, you can franchise that out, and it's owned by different people. So I mean, you can right. pretty much do what you want at your store as long as you follow the guidelines. Disney's Disney. You know, it's all under one roof. It is, but I think because it's over in California, I don't know. I just think it has its own entity. And I think it's interesting that the tickets are cheaper there. I realize it is a smaller venue. Um, it's much smaller, okay? I mean, Disneyland can fit in the parking lot of Disney at, at the Magic Kingdom and Disney World. Right, but it's and also the original. Five hundred cars, by the way, to park. It's in the original, and it's in California, where everything is more expensive. So that always blows my mind. It's a much smaller park, though, um, much smaller True. scale. But getting back to the whole making things accommodating guests and making things easier, I truly think now this is a step forward. I'm glad that Disneyland is offering this and being able to add tack it on to a, a reservation right, right. Uh, for your vacation package and even tether it to an existing resort reservation package is great i mean i i was screaming that i wish they did this um you know, months ago with my clients that are that are booking their trips there. And, and finally, they are, which is a good thing. Um, not that I'm being greedy. I just think it'd be more feasible if uh, sure. if you go ahead and just fall under one roof and, and standardize the whole system, you know, and then ch- select your boxes. I don't know. Moving on, though, I, I think I've, I've talked way too too much about that. Let me head over to Comcast real quick. We, we've been talking about this, Vicki. We've been following this with Comcast. Comcast confirms plans of an all-cash offer to outbid Disney. Fox. And we've been following this. So earlier this month, we reported that Comcast's intention to outbid Disney for Fox, but now Comcast is reportedly in advanced stages of preparing their cash offer. So according to Bloomberg, Comcast has now confirmed that it may make an offer for the entertainment assets that 21st Century Fox has agreed to sell to Walt Disney. So Fox has already agreed to sell this to Walt Disney Company. And the uh, continuing bidding war that is currently underway over Sky, Fox's European satellite 
satellite business. So here you have Comcast who's saying, hey, look, we're going to give you um, cash as king, cash offer here. Throw this on the table. We know you've promised it uh, to Disney, but we're going to outbid them. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Disney seems to be uh, collecting a lot of things lately. Taking taking over control of the market. That's right. I'd like to see them take control, though, of Sky. Yeah, I mean, it would be beneficial to them for sure. Because then you're you're reaching, I mean, they already reach global, but I mean, that's just that one extra step. You'll be, you'll be reaching entertainment globally. Yeah, so... This is really short, but Incredibles 2 music has been added to the People Mover, which I know will make my son and my husband very happy. Yeah, so they added that in. And then I have one more thing on my news for this week, and that is uh, Disney Animal Kingdom kicks off the Incredible Summer. I know we've been building up to it. We've been talking about it because it's the 20th anniversary, but just... uh, it touches on some of the things that are going on. Again, Donald's Dino Bash, or Dino Bash, excuse me, is huge. The Chip and Dale are dressed up like dinosaurs, and they're there to party with the kids. Uh, Pluto has a photo spot at the Boneyard area of Dino Land, and Goofy will also um, be in the dinosaur area by Primeval World so that you can do a meet and greet. Um, it's a new favorite character experience uh, with Chip and Dale also. And the character meet and greets start at 10 a.m., and they run for most of the day but they want to let you know that the biggest deal happens after 4 p.m. because that's when you're going to get to shake your tail feathers with Donald and Chip and Dale at the dino party. Which one's Chip? I don't remember. Red nose or black nose? Black nose. It's very good. You can infer that, right? Because... Okay, never mind. No. Well, the black chip, chocolate chip. Oh, I did not infer yeah, that. Yeah, chip. And Good then you, job. you can have, and then Dale's the red nose. Disney Research develops a backflipping robot, by the way. So we reported earlier that Disney was uh, has been in the works with engineering a lot of different technology uh, things. Like we were talking about the, the Baymax that they were actually developing. Oh, right. I mean, right? That soft skinned, real robot, inflatable robot. Disney is actually trying to create a Baymax. Well, now Disney Research develops a back-flipping robot, and we'll cue the video here at the end of the article, but the field of robotics, man, it's just constantly expanding, Vicky. I mean, it's, it's getting insane. I mean, this Disney has developed a back-flipping robot. This robot is a stick, okay? It's so, imagine, you remember the old rulers that would fold out? Right. Right. So this thing is like that. It folds. This thing is like a tramp or trapeze. Was that what they call a trapeze artist or what they call Yeah. Okay. In the video, it shows that swinging and doing flips, it can do different a different variety of flips. And it knows based on like the speed and the, the grade of the swing, what type of flip it's going to do and how it's going to perform. It is simply amazing. I can't explain it or do it justice. Let's go ahead and watch this video. Listeners, go ahead and listen to it as well. In this paper, we present Stickman, an acrobatic robot. The robot is composed of three links, which are able to fold up into a tight tuck. This tucking and untucking action allows the robot to increase and decrease its rate of spin mid-flight. Understanding the motion of the robot and its behavior on a large pendulum allows us to predict capabilities like this backflip. In practice, we are able to reliably generate a single backflip, a double backflip, and a motion which remains level throughout freefall. <laughs> the robot is equipped with three laser rangefinders offset from one another by 12.5 degrees. As it spins through the air, these laser rangefinders encounter the ground at different times and are referred to as the leading, center, and trailing rangefinder. To release from the ceiling, Stickman uses a servo-driven quick-release clamp. After detaching from the ceiling, the onboard microprocessor integrates the signals from a gyroscope to estimate the rotation of Stickman's top link. The graph at the lower right of the image compares this internal estimate to data measured using a motion capture system. When the top link of the robot enters a particular range of angles, we assume that the rangefinders are in position to receive a good return from the ground. The microprocessor then corrects the raw measurements using its knowledge of the respective angles to generate the height data plotted in the graph at the upper right. Here we see the data from the centered rangefinder, the leading rangefinder, and the trailing rangefinder all compared against the ground truth obtained from the motion capture system. The robot uses this height information to inform its calculation of when it should untuck in order to land safely and gently on its back. So really, really amazing that the technology out there that this can be done. I wonder if we might see some uh, big top performances soon in the future. That would be fun. That'd be kind of neat, wouldn't it? And that's all I got, Vixter. So um, I think it's about that time. Why don't you take us back? Here we go. We're traveling backwards in time. Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So if your imagination is ready, here we go. 
There was a lot of news this week, so I do have a couple double dates just because they were important events and I felt like they needed to be mentioned. So May 30th, 1966, on Memorial Day, Disneyland throws a grand opening celebration for the newest Fantasyland attraction. It's a small world. So 11 years after the park opened? So you're saying this is 66? 66. All right. So that's when it was introduced. It was inaugurated in May 28th and the attraction was originally built for the 1964-65 World's Fair in New York. So... um, That's pretty cool. I didn't know it was that late into the 60s that it was introduced to uh, Disneyland. Yeah. They said that more than 256 million guests have experienced Disneyland's It's a Small World since 1966. Did you see the text that Lee sent on Small World? Yes. Sorry, he's no offense, Lee, but you send a lot, so I was trying to reflect back. Yeah, that was like earlier, right after we recorded the last week. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did see that. May 30th again, to 1967, though, the site preparation begins in Florida on the Walt Disney World project, requiring the swamp to be swamp drainage, clearing of land, and removal of trees. It was going to take 1,584 days and $400 million before opening day occurred. And so all that, so all that stuff that they cleared out, by the way, you know, they were they were able to elevate Disney or the Magic Kingdom there in Disney World right. and create a basement. The Utilidors is what yes. we call them. Uh, so very interesting on how they just recycled all of that waste and basically pushed up by one level uh, the Magic Kingdom. And um, the fact that they had to drain the swamps is why we still have to be careful for alligators and stuff. May 31st, 2012. Today is the final day of operation for Walt Disney World Snow White Scary Adventure, which Nick never was able to ride. No, I did not. And um, I I wish I had. An opening day Magic Kingdom dark ride, Snow White was replaced by the Princess Fairy Tale Hall, a royal meet and greet area set to debut in 2013, which it is. It's still there. Snow White wasn't leaving Walt Disney World, but a new ride based on Disney's first animated feature film is coming to Florida. And that ride is... Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. There you go. And it's not as dark, obviously. Um, Nick, because Nick didn't ride this, we had to describe to him what it was. And it was very much like the... I YouTubed it. Oh, okay. Frog's Toad Ride. Yes. It, It was a lot of the uh, wood and paint that you make fun of. Oh, I know. Oh, no, I, I VR'd it. I, you can you can go on, put on your virtual reality goggles and ride that ride. So um, it is gone and it's sad that it's gone, but it was replaced by a much better ride, which we all love, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Um, also on May 31st, 2012, the first phase of Disney's Art of Animation Resort opened. I got this just for you because I know that's one of your favorite um, places to stay is the Art of Animation. The value of resort will eventually feature 1,120 families family suites and 864 standard rooms and sections themed to four of the most popular Disney and Disney Pixar films of the last 25 years. Finding Nemo, uh, Cars, Little Mermaid, and I lost the other one and it's not in this article. Lion King. Oh, thank you. The Lion King. How could I forget that? Because I went over there and took pictures. Um, The second phase of the resort was opened on June 18th in that same year. June for... First, 1989, Walt Disney World's Typhoon Lagoon, featuring one of the world's largest wave pools in the United States, officially opens. The centerpiece of the park is Miss Tilly, a shrimp boat impaled upon a mountain named Mount Mayday that erupts a 50-foot geyser of water every half hour, and the park features a mascot named Laguna Gator. That's awesome. Now, have you been to that park? Yeah, it's oh. a great park. Oh, that's right. You got to go on that special uh, pass thing, right? A special event? No, yes. I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to do that with, with Tim at that point. No. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. June 2nd, 2011. Disneyland's Resort celebrates the opening of the Little Mermaid Ariel's Under the Sea Adventure with a special ceremony at Disney Vo- Disney's California Adventure Park. Jody Benson, the original voice of Ariel, performs part of Your World, one of the memorable songs from the Academy Award winning score. She and actress Pat Carroll, the voice of, you know, Ursula, had taken the very first ride the day before. So they got to ride it first. That's pretty cool. To, just because you sang the song in the movie. Yeah, if you go back, there's a documentary on her and uh, Howard Ashman and how they came about to, I guess, finally finalizing the song Part of Your World and how he coached her on how to say it with you know, emotion and sing it, you know, because that song, it's, uh, it's, you're singing it, but you're kind of telling a story at the same time. And Howard Ashman really emphasized telling that story part of it while coming across like you're singing, just like his Broadway days, you know? Oh, cool. June 3rd, 2011, Disneyland officially launched Star Tours. The adventure continued with a gala ceremony in Tomorrowland. The force is now strong on both coasts as Star Tours opened at Disney's Hollywood Studios in Florida a few weeks before. The Little Mermaid Ariel's Under the Sea Adventure makes an official public debut on the same day as the Disney California Adventure Star Tours. 
pretty cool. That was a big day for them in their park. June 4th, 2006. Disney's All-Star Music Resort at Walt Disney World opens their new family suites. They took 400 guest rooms and converted them into 192 family suites because they were hearing an outpour from people, you know, that have more than two kids. Sure. And that is an ongoing... I mean, our friends, the Han, struggle with this every time we go. So I assume they just tore down the the walls in between the yes. two rooms and just made it one big large. Okay, got it. That's what it made it sound like. They did not actually tear down the building and start over. They just increased the size of it so that there would be more room for people. And they added a little kitchenette as well. June 5th, 1987. This is the last one for this week, but it's for you, Nick. Okay. June 5th, 1987 is the 50th anniversary of your girlfriend's movie. Oh, Snow? Yes. Okay. In 1987 was the 50th anniversary, and um, I didn't know. I mean, you said girlfriend. There's many, you know. Okay, I'm sorry. Jolie and Maleficent. I should have said your favorite. Okay. Princess. I guess I should have said that. Uh, They had a reunion of the performers who had assisted in the portrayal of Snow White at the theme parks. Now, here's the interesting part. So, in the 50 years, there were nearly 100 past and present Snow Whites, and they gathered both at Disneyland and at Disney World on that day. I know. That's what I was thinking. And um, Tokyo Disneyland had only open for been open for four years, so they only had 17. But they still had 17 Snow Whites, and they had a little party and you celebrated. You know what would be interesting to see is if how how tall they all are. Because like, they have to be within a certain requirement. That's true. A certain inch, you know? I wonder if there's a YouTube video on that. And I bet you. When you look at is. the sea of Snow Whites, you know, and you, you draw that line across their head, I bet they're all the same height. Yeah, I bet so. But I had to end on that because, you know, it's... No, you you brought some good stuff. Thanks for taking us back, Vixter. All right. All right, listeners, if you have a question, comment, or want to be a guest on our show, you can go ahead and text us 407-674-0414 or simply email us, mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Don't... Forget to check out our friends over at waltexpress.com. You can become a Disney expert there. Sign up for more tips, deals, and all things Disney. Go ahead and check them out, waltexpress.com. So be sure to listen to our Friday show. We um, are going to bring the Disney song bracket. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that one. So Nick and I are going to walk through our bracket and see which song we think is the best Disney song by using the Disney song music bracket. We shall see. Also, if you're interested in booking your next Disney vacation with the Mouse Pays Podcast, go ahead and contact us. You can contact us at travel at mousepayspodcast.net. Vicki, I think it's about that time. Peace. And love. Have, Have a, a magical, magical day, day, my, my friends. Friend. You've been listening to the all-new Mousecapades podcast. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. And have a magical day.